Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. Hey, Hoops fans. Don't just watch all the NBA playoffs action. Be a part of it with FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, all new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just place any bet on the NBA playoffs, and if you don't win, you'll get up to 1000 bucks back in site credit. The app is easy and safe to use. You get your winnings fast, and there's tons of betting options. My favorite bet from the first round is I think the Sixers are going to lose to the Toronto Raptors. I think it's going to get ugly for James Harden in particular. Download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app, today using promo code JasonT and place your risk-free first bet for a chance to take home a W on basketball's biggest stage. Remember to use promo code JasonT for this amazing offer. 21 plus and present in select states only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. Dial 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Dial 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Dial 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. In Wyoming, dial 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. I'm Jason Timp. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today, we're just going to be breaking down that extremely interesting basketball game last night between the Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves, which did not go the way that I expected. We'll get into why here in just a minute. And then we're going to break down what I think is going to be a very interesting first-round playoff series between the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. A 2-7 matchup, but I think the teams are a little bit closer than they appear on the surface. We will get into that. But let's start with last night. So I picked the Clippers. And the main reason why is because, as you guys know, if you've listened to this show for a while, I'm a huge believer in the Clippers system. I think they're extremely well coached. Ty Lue, even after last night, is 
fast becoming one of my favorite coaches in all of basketball. His understanding of the way the game is changing and his willingness to adapt with the game rather than being caught behind is why I'm drawn to him so much. And then I knew it would be relatively close with it being a road matchup in Minnesota and the way that they would play in front of their home crowd in terms of their energy. And so what it came down to for me was when the game was close, basketball games always come down to decision-making. It's not necessarily even about a skill set. It's about decision-making because even very skilled players can make poor decisions, especially when they're young. Even in that Brooklyn Nets Cavaliers game that we talked about last night, you know, Darius Garland's a very skilled player, but he's young. And I thought his approach to attacking the Nets defense wasn't the smartest approach. It's something that five, 10 years from now, he's going to be so savvy with his, you know, ability to dissect NBA defenses that he'll be able to handle that. But right now, he's not capable of that. So what I was thinking was, you got Reggie Jackson, who's not an amazing basketball player compared to his peers in the NBA, but he's an average NBA point guard. But he's a veteran player at this point with a lot of playoff reps. And then you got Paul George, who we can make fun of his playoff past, but he completely shed that last year. This is a guy that is as reliable as you can have in those situations. And he was excellent last night. So I was sitting there thinking, like, I've got a really young guard in Anthony Edwards. And another kind of young guard in D'Angelo Russell who doesn't have a ton of playoff experience versus two guys who played really well in the playoffs last year, Paul George with a ton of playoff experience and probably just better basketball players. And those guys are going to be the ones determining shot quality down the stretch of the game. And so I was under the impression that that would tilt towards the Clippers. And I was very wrong. And there are a couple of different reasons for that. First of all, when Carl Anthony Towns went out and you know, we can have a separate conversation about Carl Anthony Towns here in a second, but he kind of checked out of that game mentally in a lot of different ways, and, and we'll get into that. But when he went down, you saw a different concoction of players that Minnesota went with. They, there was a lot of Nas Reed. There was a lot of going with, you know, more at length and athleticism. It made it so that they could switch more easily. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are a really good dribble contain team. And we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into previewing their first round series, but they give up the sixth fewest drives, according to the NBA, NBA's uh, tracking database. They give up the sixth fewest drives in, uh, in all of basketball this year. So their perimeter players do a good job of containing ball handlers. So when you got rid of Carl Anthony Towns and you went more athletic, those five guys did a lot more switching and they're so good at dribble contain that it put a lot on Paul George and Reggie Jackson. And what you saw was Paul George was able to get to his pull-up jump shot, but the few times that he tried to drive to the basket, I thought Jared Vanderbilt did a, excuse me, Jaden McDaniels did a really nice job of funneling him behind the backboard to where he couldn't really do anything. So he turned Paul George into a pull-up jump shooter, which because Paul George is one of the best players in the NBA, he still made a bunch of those shots. And, you know, special shout out to Paul George I am so utterly blown away by how polished he is at this point in his career. If you look at the way he, what he looked like coming out of college, it kind of was similar to Kawhi in a lot of ways where he was more of just like a NBA teams didn't really know what he was going to be. Just a big athletic forward could do some stuff with the basketball, but you didn't know what he was going to be. The amount of work that he had to put in over the course of this last decade to polish his handle and his jump shot to the point where he can get to any dribble combination and any jump shot in any spot on the floor, 
Uh, just a huge shout out to Paul George. I was blown away yet again by him last night. He's one of my favorite players in the league, and I think he's so incredibly fun and appealing to watch. But Jer- uh, Jared Vanderbilt, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Jaden McDaniels, I keep getting these athletic forwards confused. Jaden McDaniels did an amazing job of forcing Paul George into becoming a jump shooter. And then overall, Patrick Beverly did an amazing job on Reggie Jackson, making everything difficult for him. I thought his ball pressure wore Reggie Jackson down to the point where he was struggling to finish at the rim. There was actually a key possession late where he got a step and got all the way to the rim and missed the layup, which is a textbook case of you losing your legs as the game goes along. Meanwhile, on the other end, the two guys that I thought would be not up to this challenge played extremely well. And that's Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. We're going to mainly focus on Anthony Edwards. So D'Angelo Russell made two huge shots at the end of that game. There was that pull-up transition, three that he made that gave the Wolves the lead and kind of changed the complexion of the game. And then there was that pull-up jumper hit going to the right towards the end that kind of iced the game. But Anthony Edwards, the game turned when Anthony Edwards understood finally that nobody on that entire Clippers roster could prevent him from getting to the rim. And it's the combination of his size and strength with his speed. He's got an incredibly quick first step, as well as his ability to handle the basketball and his threat as a jump shooter that opens all of this up. This is something that I talk about all the time, especially with James Harden. There's a dynamic that takes place in individual defense. There's like a pendulum that swings one way or the other. When a defender feels confident in his ability to keep a player in front, he can press up more, which disrupts the jump shot, takes away the ability to comfortably dribble the basketball, and it'll, it gives the defensive player the advantage. One of the issues with James Harden, he can't beat people off the dribble anymore, so defenders are crowding him more, which is making it a lot harder for him to make his step-back jump shot, and it's taking away a lot of his ability to play make for his teammates. Well, Anthony Edwards is the idea of the opposite end of that pendulum. When the defensive player knows that they can't keep a player in front, they have to give more space. A lot more space. Think of it, think of it like football. Uh, a tackle. Usually a tackle has a massive size advantage over a defensive end, but a defensive end is usually way quicker. And so a lot of times you'll see t- tackles kind of get as far off the line of scrimmage while the the refs will allow them to still be considered on the line of scrimmage to try to buy just a little bit of extra space because they know that first step that they take back is not going to be as quick as the first step that the defensive end takes. They're trying to compensate for their lack of speed with more space. It's a very similar concept in individual defense. If I don't think I'm nearly as quick as you, I need to give ground so that if you try to take an angle to beat me to the basket, I have a shorter distance to cover to get there so that I can make up for it with my lack of speed. And so what you're seeing with guys like Anthony Edwards is defenders are constantly on their heels, which not only opens up his pull-up jump shot, he hit a huge step back three at the end of that game that he was wide open on and had tons of space because the defender was on his heels. And then what you're noticing is Anthony Edwards, when he hits that hole, even though the defender's giving ground, even though the defender is trying to beat him to the spot, he's so strong that he can just go right through people. And so it puts you in an awful conundrum. It's very similar to the LeBron James type of dynamic. He's not LeBron James. Obviously, he's a lot smaller, but it's a similar dynamic at the guard position. He's big and strong, and he's so fast that you have to give ground. But when you give ground, he comes at you with a head of steam, and when he comes at you with a head of steam, he can go through you. 
And that's what makes him such a dynamic player. Obviously, he's going to have to improve as a jump shooter as time goes on in order to reach his overall ceiling. But he hit a ceiling that I didn't think he was capable of at this point in his career. He was able to outplay Paul George and Reggie Jackson in a pivotal playoff game, which turned the outcome of that game. I was predicting the Clippers because I believed in their perimeter decision makers, and I was wrong. Anthony Edwards arguably was the best player at the end of that game. That was my bad. I was off on that. That's why Minnesota was able to get a win. One last note on that game before we move on to breaking down the Wolves and the Grizzlies series, Carl Anthony Towns. Do I think the Timberwolves are better without Carl Anthony Towns? No. Do I think that Carl Anthony Towns is as bad as he showed last night? No. Everyone who's, I've, I, I had uh, like two or three games when I was in college when I got in foul trouble. Foul trouble is a complete, it completely screws up your head because all you can think about when you're on the floor is your foul count. It disrupts everything that you're trying to do on the floor. All those long breaks you have to take while your coaching staff is trying to figure out when to play you massively disrupts your rhythm. You don't feel comfortable when you have the ball in your hands because you haven't been on the floor very much. And yes, once again, you're thinking about your foul trouble the whole time. You're paranoid that if you drive to the basket, make an aggressive move, the dude will flop and you'll pick up an offensive foul. It can be it can be disastrous to your confidence on the court. So I want to cut Cat some slack. But there's a reason why the Timberwolves played better without him. And it's something that he's going to have to understand as he develops further into his career. You have to have something that you can rely on when your offensive game isn't working. And that has to become the defensive end of the floor for him. He's become a better defensive player. He's played better defense this year than he has in years past, but he's got to get to the point where when his shot's not falling, when his uh, offensive rhythm is off, he has to find a way to impact the game more than he has been. And a a big part of that is going to be working on his foot speed and being able to keep people in front on the perimeter because Minnesota is a very good perimeter defense team. And if he could move his feet like that, they could do more switching, which would get rid of some of his limitations as a pick and roll defender. When he plays traditional pick and roll coverages, he's just not quite athletic enough, especially from a standing vert to be able to disrupt plays around the rim. So it'd be easier if you could do more switching, especially with all of the dribble contained guys they have on the roster, if Cat could switch as well. So that's the thing he's going to have to work on as he gets better, because when he does that, he'll be able to derive confidence from the way he's playing on defense, which will help him avoid games like he had last night. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But let's move on to what I think is going to be a very interesting first round series between the Wolves and the Grizzlies. So I think this is going to be a super interesting series, especially as a 2-7 matchup goes. If you look at it on the surface, you think, way better basketball team, Grizzlies are going to run away with it. I think it's going to be closer than people think. First of all, I'm picking the Grizzlies. I think they'll win in five or six games, but I think the games are all going to be very competitive, and I do think it's going to be a much more entertaining series than the outcome would would imply. First of all, home team won all four games this year. They split the season series 2-2. That's not entirely uncommon for a young team that's athletic. Both of these teams are young and athletic. For them to feed on the home crowd and to play well when they're at home. This series is going to be crazy up and down. These are two of the fastest paced teams that we have in the league. The Timberwolves are actually the fastest pace. And the Grizzlies are the fourth fastest pace. So expect it to be up and down, super athletic, high-flying very entertaining. It'll be a fun series to watch. Like I did with the other series, what I'd like to do is split this into two sections. So we'll look at it with the Timberwolves on defense, and then we'll look at it with the Grizzlies on defense. So let's start with the Timberwolves on defense. So they were 13th in defensive rating this year, which is okay. When you dive into the numbers, they were okay in paint points allowed. They were 11th in the league, especially when you factor in Carl Anthony Towns as your backline defender there, who's been better this year than he was in years past, but still not an elite rim protector by any stretch of the imagination. So the credit for that goes to the perimeter players. As I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about the Clippers game, the Timberwolves were sixth in drives allowed per game per the NBA.com's tracking data. That data cannot be filtered for pace either with the way that the website is set up. So when you factor in that the Timberwolves play the fastest pace in the NBA, they're probably a top two or three team in the league weighted for pace in containing ball handlers on the perimeter in limiting dribble drives. You saw that in that Clippers game tonight, making things very, very difficult on Reggie Jackson and turning Paul George into a jump shooter, which is a huge part of why they were able to come back and win that game. That's going to be an interesting interesting dynamic against the Grizzlies, who rely on John Morant as a dribble penetrator. You know, Desmond Bain, he's not a great, you know, dribble penetrator in terms of isolation possessions. He's more of a slasher, kind of attacking closeouts and things like that. Jaron Jackson Jr. is more of like a mismatch attacker, trying to put his head down and go to the rim. So I think it's going to put a strain on the Grizzlies' defense and their ability to generate rim pressure. This is where it's going to be the test on John Morant. I've said many times that John Morant is the kind of guy that nobody can keep in front, and we're going to put that to the test in this series against a very, very good dribble contain team. I I would imagine you'll see a mix of guys like Patrick Beverly on him and then more long athletes as well to try to change things up. They did a really nice job of turning John Morant into a jump shooter in their matchups this year. In matchups specifically with the Timberwolves, John Morant was three for 20 from three. 
Like I said, I expect John Morant to eventually be a very good three-point shooter, but he's in that inconsistent phase of shooting development. Young players always struggle with replicating their success. They tinker with their form too much. It's a big part of why they get inconsistent. John Morant's kind of in that phase, so a huge part of this series is going to be, is John Morant shooting well at this point in time, or is he shooting poorly? Because I would imagine part of the game plan to try to help contain John Morant is going to be going underneath screens and forcing him to be a jump shooter. The biggest weakness of the Timberwolves defense happens to be a thing that the Grizzlies aren't great at. It's kind of a similar dynamic that I was looking at in the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks series. Like, you can't beat Giannis because he's way better than you, but maybe your team has a weakness, or their team has a weakness that your team has a strength and you can compensate for some of that talent difference. The the Milwaukee Bucks give up the most wide-open threes in all of basketball, like I've said so many times this year, and the Chicago Bulls are dead last in three-pointers attempted per game. So the Chicago Bulls aren't going to generate enough threes to capitalize on Milwaukee, Milwaukee's greatest weakness. Similar kind of dynamic here. The Timberwolves are not a great three-point defense. They give up the fourth most wide-open threes in basketball, and they give them up to the wrong people. They're sixth in three-point percentage allowed on those wide-open threes. So they're not leaving the right guys open, if that makes sense. But the problem is Memphis is 23rd in three-pointers attempted per game. So their team doesn't generate a ton of three-point shots. Again, weighted for pace, that could be even worse. So on the defensive end of the floor for the Timberwolves, I actually think they're going to hold their own. This is going to be a really, really interesting dynamic there. It's the other end of the floor where the Grizzlies are on defense where I think they have their biggest advantage. So when you look at the uh, the Grizzlies defense, it's interesting because they're sixth in defensive rating, but when you kind of dive into it, there's a lot of things that they're pretty average at. They're an average paint defense. They're average allowing dribble drives. They're an average defensive rebounding team, which is an important part of finishing defensive possessions. The key to the Grizzlies defense and the reason why they are so good is they defend the three-point line well and they get out in transition. They're second in turnovers forced and they don't give up a ton of wide open threes. It's a huge part of why their defense is held together despite being average in a bunch of other places on the floor. I think a huge part of this defense is going to be how uh, the types of threes that they give up. So Minnesota leads the league this year in three-pointers attempted and three-pointers made. So Minnesota generates a ton of three-point shots, more than anybody else in the entire league. But Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell are bad pull-up jump shooters. So there are 60 players this year in the entire NBA that have attempted at least five pull-up jump shots per game. D'Angelo Russell's only shooting 36% on those pull-up jump shots, which is 45th out of those 60 qualifying players. Anthony Edwards, dead last. 32.5%. So even though they're a great three-point shooting team in their drive and kick game, they are not a good pull-up shooting team with their two primary ball handlers. That kind of puts them in a predicament that I think Memphis is going to be able to figure out how to shut them down. First of all, we talked about this earlier with Carl Anthony Towns. We won't get too much into it further, but Carl Anthony Towns is at his best when he's operating on the low block. When you crowd him, he's not a great passer and he struggles with all that length and athleticism. You saw the Clippers do that to him last night. I think Memphis will do that to him as well in this game, in this particular matchup. So a lot is going to be put on Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell again. In last night, they made enough shots. D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards made big, pivotal pull-up shots. But for the most part this season, they haven't. And in this particular matchup this season against the Memphis Grizzlies, part of the reason why they went 2-2 and is D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards were making jump shots in those games in particular. But that's four games out of 82. You're going to play them seven times in a row now. It'll be interesting to see if they can knock down shots. The key 
to Minnesota having any chance of winning this series. It's Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell making jump shots as Memphis packs the paint and goes under screen and rolls and does all those things to try to take away the easy stuff that they can generate, especially with Anthony Edwards in the threat that he is putting his head down and driving to the rim. Like I talked about in the Clippers game, the game turned when Anthony Edwards started putting his head down and going to the rim. But he has a tendency to settle a lot. It's been one of his issues in his young development. Not a criticism. It's typical for young players. It's part of that decision-making thing we were talking about earlier. So a huge part of this series for Minnesota to have any chance will be Anthony Edwards continuing to apply rim pressure. If he does that, it will help them to develop the, uh, to uh, generate those wide open threes. Also, it makes it so that Anthony Edwards gets high quality um, pull up jump shots. It's kind of like that James Harden dynamic that I was talking about earlier. That's going to be the interesting dynamic in this series. One of the better three point defense teams in the league in Memphis, going against the team that generates the most three point shots and three point makes in the league. This is this side of the floor is where I think Memphis is going to take control of the series and end up winning. I see this series going. Five or six games. I do think Memphis ends up winning it, but I think all the games individually will be competitive and highly entertaining. Up and down basketball, athletic, above the rim. Should be a really, really interesting series. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. I appreciate your guys' support as always, and I'll see you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.